are tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> Boom. Yeah! <laughs> Whoa! Oh, look at that. I feel like we just like won a video game. I wish. <laughs> It'd be the best thing. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the After Buzz After Show of the Americans, Season 3, Episode 4, called Dying Bad. Uh, so, as always, you can always follow us on iTunes. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Yeah. You can follow us on YouTube. YouTube. Yep. Subscribe, 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 and then you can personally follow us on our Instagram and Twitter pages. And where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Matt Ritter one on Twitter. New guy, new guy, new guy. Matt Ritter. Ritter over here. We had to uh, seduce him. Use a little honeypot technique to get him in here. Oh, they were hazing me earlier. <laughs> was Matt Ritter gone, or did you just opt for the one? You want to be like I'm number I one. I was like one is better than just. Zero. Okay. He's at, it's he's fair. at zero. It's a good he is, he's at zero. Actually, he reached out to me on Twitter. Oh, okay. He was like, we're, we're the same guy. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Uh, my name is Josh Richmond, and you can find me at Radio TFB on Twitter. Uh, my name is Ben Bateman, and you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. And I am Adrian Snow, and you can find me on at Miss Adrian Snow on Instagram and Twitter. All right, so everyone, what is everyone's first thoughts on the show? Wow. This time? This was a solid episode, I yeah. think. It obviously, uh, you know, we've moved away from, I think the first three episodes had tried to have at least one, like, big action set piece mm-hmm. or, like, a, like a moment, like that tooth-pulling moment, and we didn't necessarily get that here. Uh, but a lot of interesting relationships are being developed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of creepy relationships are being developed. This one got, this is, is getting to, to some sticky territory here. It's a little uncomfortable at times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like these setup episodes, you know? I mean, just you can't always have every week of course. a huge moment. Yeah. I, I feel like this builds up like your psychological attachment. And they're doing something in, d- different here in season three that they haven't really done in previous seasons, which is that they don't feel pressured to have every character in every episode. Hmm. You know, there, hmm. there wasn't any Gabriel here. There wasn't any Martha here. And last week we didn't have Nina. So I think they're trying to let some of these individual stories breathe a little bit more and give them room, which is uh, paying off. It, I think it was great to have Nina back this week. Yeah. they You know, they have a lot of uh, balls up in the air, so yeah. I think they're trying to do a good, a good job of not oversaturating us with one storyline or, you know, not giving us enough. So they're doing a nice, delicate balance. I thought the uh, episode was pretty back-heavy. I definitely was watching and sort of being like, eh, this is a little weaker. It's a lot of setup, and I... There's only I don't like every character on this show. I like some of them, and I felt like you know the Nina situation. I didn't dislike it. I was just like, all right, this is a little slow. And then in the middle of the episode, there was a bomb kind of dropped, and I, to me, it was like that was when the episode took off. And I definitely noted it and said, okay. And then the, for the rest of the episode, I was totally engaged. So okay, I was satisfied in the end. Well, yeah. Let's just go ahead and start off with uh, Nina. What was everyone's take on her storyline this episode? We got a little bit more about, I guess. Her maybe her a little bit of her backstory. She might have been married, and I don't know. It's hard. I yeah. I can't trust anything she's saying. No. Of course, uh, it's interesting. You know, I feel for Nita because she's 
from the very beginning of uh, this episode, the situation she's been put in, she's pretty much just uh, being forced, essentially, to replicate some of the same beats she's been doing before. She's just always going to be a tool of powerful men to get information out of people and seduce people. Yeah. I find that there's, like, an interesting detail with this show that you see on either side. You see this sometimes out of uh, Elizabeth, where she'll emasculate Matthew Reese to try to manipulate him. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to see, like, that sort of, like, emasculating thing get flipped back and forth between a lot of the characters in the show. You like Nina doesn't really do it but almost every character does uh, use that tool at one moment or another to try to like get what they want mm. and it's definitely it was interesting to see her trying to manipulate in the jail cell I yeah that was... I, I enjoyed her faking faking a night terror you think <laughs> Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Probably. It's, like, know, it's yes. like everybody on the show is a liar. They've all got their methods. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every single character is a liar. Yeah. It seemed like it was unfortunate when she got pulled out of her jail cell. cell. Sorry. Jail sale. Jail sale. Jail sale. Jail sale. Get into jail free. Jail cell. <laughs> it was unfortunate when that happened and you, you knew she was being set up to kind of do what she's what she is good at doing, kind of, yeah. sort of, maybe. Hmm. Um, Nina's just the ultimate bait, essentially. Yeah. And, but it, as I was saying in a previous episode, she what makes her an interesting character to be is that well, all the you're right that all the characters are liars to some degree. Even Stan is like a liar in this episode oh, yeah. that she's yeah. he's leading Zaneda on. But we know we know what Stan's about. We know what F- Philip and Elizabeth are about. We know what most of these characters are about. Nina's motives are usually kind of a mystery to us, and we don't know and. We know that she's kind of doing this to, uh, because of Oleg's father is putting her in this situation or whoever. But we know that she's always kind of playing both sides and always kind of just trying to find the angle that will benefit Nina the most in the end. Yeah, I think Nina's motive always is surviving. So right. protecting Nina. Right. And Nina, sure. that's not a wrong motive to have, especially with the situations that she's been put in. No, God, especially so. in like a Soviet gulag or whatever dark <laughs> yeah, cell she's in right yeah. now. Where do you think that ranks, you know, in, in prisons? Like so- Soviet prisons got to be up there. Amongst. Well, certainly not their prison. They're like two pretty girls who just have bunks and just hang out. You and think can it's check. Okay. Well, there's nothing about it that seems particularly brutal when you think of a brutal prison. I mean, yeah. from what we've seen so far, it's pretty livable, right? So you think it's yeah. like girl camp? It seems like the, I mean, when you think about how bad a prison could be that does not seem I related I rated slightly below Mexican prison above Somalian prison okay there we go just to get a gauge Adrian's disagreeing with that um, ranking of this. and what's the book you wrote on that called Josh uh, top, j- top jails to top visit jails. Jail I sales. certainly don't think it's a girl camp um, well they obviously are in some type of solitary in a way so they don't have to interact with like the public right. uh, prison community but I don't know. I think if you are in that prison, then you are considered a threat to the nation. Right. And what that probably means is that the reason you are isolated is that they're going to kill you. You think Fairly quickly, and they don't want you sharing any type of secrets. Or at the very least, make you think that you're in a position of imminent death. Or scare scare you. Yeah, I, that maybe. I, th- I just think they're going to straight up. I think them. that's a pretty solid point. I yeah. think you... I think No, I think that's pretty much dead on. Um, now... What with, with what is going on between Nina and the French girl whose name I'm blanking on? Um, it's like Avi? the Belgian, the She's Belgian not, girl, yeah, right? It's Belgian. the three-letter yeah. name. Uh, uh, Eva, Evie, Evie, maybe, maybe it might I be guess Evie. Just for this episode, we should just call her the Belgian, the Belgian girl. Yeah. Yes, the Belgian, the Belgian waffle. <laughs> yeah. oh. Yes. <laughs> um, is Nina trying to turn the Belgian girl into her friend, or does it seem like there was something more going on? No, by the it seems that? like she's doing exactly what they told her to do, which is 
getting her to trust Nina. And that's what Nina knows how to do. How do you get someone to give you the information? She's like what Stan said. You get them to believe that you are on their side, you know? Right. So. But maybe it's because I'm used to seeing Nina in the role of seducer. But does it seem like by the by the end of the, of their She's, scenes of this episode, uh, this girl was like kind of stroking her face a little bit? and Yeah, like Nina well, definitely seems like she's got her. types of seduction, yeah. I yeah. mean, seduction is more so getting someone to, to do what you eventually want. Yes. To buy in. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny how uh, on television often somebody is cast and before they even open their mouth, they they look like the role that they're supposed to play and I think that Nina looks like a beautiful victim. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was noticing that tonight as I was thinking about it, like, she has that sad... I don't know what it is exactly. She just looks like her character. Maybe that's just biased because I've seen her in enough <laughs> episodes now, but mm-hmm. sometimes... I mean, sometimes people don't. She looks exactly like her character. She seems like she carries that weight. I would agree with when that. When I watch her, I feel like she's going to become attached to whoever she's trying yes, to seduce. Yes, mm. That's how. That's what I sort of was seeing maybe happening in the storyline. Like, yes, maybe she has a plan that they've given her, yeah. get the info, but it feels like these girls are going to have some sort of deeper bond. Yeah, they're definitely alluding to that, for sure. I really think Nia's yeah, just going to end up shanking her. She's like, just straight you know, up shank job. Uh, metaphorical shank. But yeah, I think it's in her... What we've experienced with in the past with Nina is that she will do what she needs to do to survive. And she... Sure, at one point she might have had feelings for Stan, but after she found out that he killed her her original buddy, her all of her intention was to just get Stan to to give the information that she needed to do what she needed him to do, um, to lie and seduce him like everybody mm-hmm. on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't think even if she does grow to develop something for this girl, I don't think she would blink an eye if she'll, she she'll watched that girl. To, get she'll be able to get the yeah. job done. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, in terms of where, where I think this is going, because I know Soviets are so good at playing these sort of mind games, I wonder what sort of instructions they might have given to the Belgian girl uh, trying huh. to get information from Nina. Huh. We don't know. We only see things from Nina's perspective. Well, see, the thing is, is that with Nina, she confessed to everything. She, she That was true. She did confess to She confessed uh, to a lot. To head director. But I don't think they know everything she told Stan. I don't know. Mm, she She was pretty honest. She was, yeah, I think she yeah. was pretty honest. It's a th- they're saying it's a theory, but they're not buying it. It's right. also very interesting yeah. to see how the, the parallels between her character development from start to finish, and at the same time we're watching Stan on the other side, and his, and they're both very different. They're both changed. Yeah. And they well, both- let's go ahead and jump into Stan then. So what was everyone's thoughts on Stan and, and his arc this episode? <laughs> so I really, really enjoy every time the guy from Goodwill Hunting who plays the motivational <laughs> the speaker guy. in the EST meeting shows up. Oh, yes. yeah. And everything, because forever he'll be that guy and he has this tone like I, I I don't want to curse on air but there's an endearing term of basically being very slippery that I sometimes use yeah. and that's what he is to me and he just always feels that way and I loved that it was like a great comedy scene having Stan walk up there even though it obviously held some there were emotional stakes in the scene I would use the word punchable yeah okay yeah. that's good that's, that's a good uh, comp for what I the I word I was thinking of Will hunting reference he's like yeah and you'll be serving my kids fries on the way to a ski trip to Vermont he's such a yeah he's such a yeah the, the smarmy term. type character yes there you go smarmy he, although he did play um, a disabled mentally challenged guy on the uh, on Oz as well I don't okay. know if you remember that it's never he was, an Oz guy he, and he, they ended up having him like box in all these like cage fighting matches oh. it was really brutal wow yeah he killed a couple people that sounds awesome yeah uh uh, so, yeah, yeah, Stan, I, I was noticing today my big response was that I think 
uh, Noah, Noah Emmerich is a boss. I really like him a lot, and I'm noticing how much I enjoy his scenes now. Mm. He's, a, he's a very good actor, and for playing a character that's so internal, you could still you could still understand so much of what he's going through. It's a really impressive performance. It really is. I, I just like... I like that he's, uh, you know, that he's he's single now, and that he's just he's comp- like he's a weaker character now, but he's still he's just doing that whole FBI the FBI thing extremely well, where he's just all he cares about is his job. Really, ultimately, that's what it really comes down to, and he wants his ex wife back, or still his wife, his separated wife back. But yeah, and yet it doesn't feel like a caricature either, because you know you've seen no. that type before oh, yeah. of the FBI guy who's all about work and has a terrible personal life. And so, but this doesn't feel like any version of those types. Maybe it's because Stan does kind of, he never feels cocky. And he is always carrying around, even even more than Nina, I think, he really seems like a character that seems sad and just haunted by the things that have happened to him in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a quick question. I'm, I don't know, did all of you guys watch Breaking Bad from start to finish? Yeah, I, I did. So, there, the obvious comp here, right, is that... Uh, that uh, the the uh, brother Hank, yeah. yes exactly so that's the obvious comp between him and Matthew Reese in the show at this point three seasons in or into the third season what do we think about the parallels in that relationship because that's that's a huge iconic TV relationship that's like the same one we just saw end last year where do we think do we see it kind of ending up in the same place I mean, what do you no. guys feel about that um, I think well what I was going to say about Stan is is that you know he was kind of that stoic FBI agent and and. I will say that an FBI agent versus a DEA agent are very different people. Right, true. Uh, in terms of, yeah, there's a certain level of, of secrecy, I feel like, that they have with, with Stan in terms of him being with the FBI that they didn't have with Hank. I mean, Hank was always bragging about right. all of his drug bust and taking <laughs> sure. people along with him. And Yeah, I mean, they're very, I mean, they're, yeah. they're, for one thing, they're very different characters to yeah. start with. Obviously, Hank is very extroverted and gregarious, and this right. guy's a lot more introverted. But what I will also say is with the, the two characters is that what they do with Stan is they allow him to have a, a type of vulnerability that you start to see... Um, Emerge as time goes on when everything is kind of taken away from him. Whereas with Hank, he was always just like a cowboy. Right. You yeah. know, he's a cowboy to the very end. He was, when he's looking up at uh, Walt and he's like, you know, you don't realize that he that already decided decision. to kill me five minutes ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, I, I see the similarities, but it's a very different dynamic. And it's not just about, Stan going after Philip. I mean, yeah, they're they're friends and they're, they're getting along. I mean, it it's not just like Elizabeth is like Skyler. Elizabeth uh, is Walt. So who who wears the pants in this relationship? There's like indeed, this full right? on aggression to to Elizabeth that Skyler didn't have. Whereas there's, there's yeah. this kind of humanity to Philip that Walter had. Yeah, I mean, lost. I mean, I totally noticed that parallel just from the pilot of the Americans. Like, oh, you're just putting this guy in a Hank situation. Yeah, and but but I am, but I think very smartly they took the focus off of uh, standing explicitly chasing after like Philip and Elizabeth or trying to find out secrets about them. Yeah, which is was very smart. They're drawing it out. That's definitely true. So so the other half of the Stan storyline in this episode was that he is questioning Zaneda, the uh, yeah the def- defected. Uh, Russian, I guess she was a diplomat or something before. And yeah, now she's, she's a 
she, I forget what it was exactly, but she was a part of like their higher ups. Com- yeah. Their political stance with Afghanistan such. and everything. Yeah. So Stan is uh, convinced that she's, she's evil or something going on there, reveals this to his boss, and then there's an, a wonderful scene in a diner where he's trying to feel it out. Mm hmm. What do you guys think about that? I, I really enjoyed him just flipping out in the bathroom and <laughs> just going good. through like every yeah. inch of that place. I mean, and he landed in a very sensitive spot, slipped on the old uh, toilet paper roll there. They, yeah. they set that up like when he fell down. They really did set it up like he fell in a really awkward and, and painful way, and they didn't allude to the fact that he was hurt at he all. He walked it off he pretty well. He completely walked it off. I was like, these, I, yeah. that, that looked like he could just gash the inside of his leg yeah, on a it was, metal. it was a groin shot. It <laughs> seemed, groin shot. First sure groin like shot. A, like a yeah. yeah. For a show that doesn't always do humor especially well, and for, you know, <laughs> and this is an episode where Martha was gone, and Martha's off in the comic relief of these episodes. That was a very funny scene. There were some uh, just funny watching moments. Him, just watching him, like, trashing a woman's bathroom while Yaz is playing <laughs> is ridiculous. No, they, I think their their music composition is sometimes, it's just so spot on sometimes yeah. with what they're able to do in terms of having, well, we'll get to it, but just that, that standoff between Elizabeth and Philip and... The gas comes on in the background, yes. and no, it's perfect, that perfect look of timing. like I could kill you. And then the next moment, it's, it's Stan swinging back into the yeah. cafe. So uh, it was flipping through tampons, a great setup. You know, I think I always want Stan just to be a touch smarter than he is. Right. Um, right. Obviously, she wouldn't do a drop with an FBI agent. No. Like that would be a, re- a real risk. Um, but he's desperate right now. He's kind of grasping at straws, I think. I'm not saying he's wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, he should be a little bit more suave with how he, he deals with Zaneda. You know, it's the same thing of if you say everything you, you that they need to hear, they will trust you. Maybe he should... Well, he's got a second game going on, too. And maybe it's just me uh, used to watching the Americans seeing honeypot situations everywhere. But he got her to that candy bar. There might be... You know, yeah, I he, think not that, not that Stan is into Zedata, but Stan could su- try to seduce her. No, I doubt that. But he has no know. seduction bones in his body. <laughs> I think it was more of he did it to t- to kind of test her because he said, "Did you get your favorite candy bar?" Mm-hmm. And she kind of did have a moment of like, "What? Like, what are you talking about? Like, my candy bar is this crazy Russian bar for a split second, and then he pulled out the Milky Way, and she kind of softened up a bit." But uh, I think that was more of a test. I just don't think he he knows. White, how to do that, which is a little odd for an FBI agent to not right. know how to, to pull information out of someone. It's, it's weird. I feel like, you know, in a way, they portray him as a guy who would be a desk operative, like in the way that he handles people in these social settings. It's a yeah. little bit like, how did he get promoted to field agent? Well, he's like, he's like, you want him to be James Bond. Right. You want him he's to be. more, he's more desk agent guy. I was saying he's got, it's like he's got a little, he's got a little Hank in him. He's got a little MacGruber in him. He's not all mm-hmm. the way James Bond. Yeah. He has these moments where you're like, ah, you, yeah, you, like you said, you want him to be a little smarter. Yeah. And then even Nina in first season into second season got the one over on him. So it's, it's kind of like he's not. Yeah. He's not a people person. The FBI in the world of the Americans is not the most competent <laughs> group of people. <laughs> Maybe um, inaccurate. Portrayal back then, I don't know. Could be. Maybe. Now let me ask you guys something. Do you at this point do you want Stan to get back together with his wife? I don't think it's going to happen, but I I totally feel for the guy and he's he's just he's copying to everything, he's trying to be so honest, he's he's so he's so distraught. I will say Oh yeah, please go ahead. I will say this about honesty. It only works when you do it at the right time. Yeah, right. Once the time has passed, it doesn't matter how honest 
you were the decision yeah. has already been made. There's like a there's like a window with people of like when you can say the things that are matter, and when you skip over that window, it closes and it will not reopen. So I don't think that's ever going to happen, no. no matter how much he wants to work, and I don't think it should. But it's part of his arc, and it's also an it's a, a very important reminder and indicator that he is incredibly male, and there's mm-hmm. this male sensibility that I can fix this, I can regain yeah, control, for sure. I can make this better, and that is such a part of that that slightly dumber than James Bond thing we want, where you want him to realize this isn't going to work, buddy. Like you can't just you can't go admit you can't go to these ridiculous self help meetings and then go apologize for having an affair <laughs> months later, yeah, and expect yeah. to be every okay. time he says I'm not single, separated as a divorced, you oh. can see oh he's just he's trying, he's just digging himself a to be hole. fair she <laughs> did have an affair as well right yeah and she was but she told him stronger like, but she yeah, told him like i'm going to have an affair part <laughs> yeah she was definitely stronger about it and more honest about it where she was like i've met someone philip and elizabeth's and son and it was what that didn't happen in- no <laughs> Adrian, but I, I i like your point i, I think it uh, you know, it sort of tells you the difference between a decently written show and a well-written show. It's what's not said. She didn't have to say, you're too late. You know, she yeah. didn't have to stand up. Like, she said it to all of us, to everybody watching on your face, you missed your window. Yeah. And, you know, that's in good yeah. acting and good writing. Yeah, well, no, moments. in past episodes, she's been all reassuring and, like, it's going to be okay. And here she can't even put up that false front. She just she just leaves. Well, no, because in that previous episode where he, he kind of, like, wanted to hug her and she kind of pulled away and she's like, that's not right. You don't come to me when you have those experiences anymore. So she's no, really oh no, she's like totally honest. putting that. But she's but she's also kind of trying to like keep his feelings in mind as yeah. well. And here she couldn't she couldn't even do that. She was just too heartbroken. I think. No, mm-hmm. I think it's the time where every every time Stan has come to the door, she has answered and like come yeah. out and spoken to him. Now and she's I just going to stop. Yeah, she's just going to say no unless yeah. you're here to see our son. I can't deal with you anymore. So and then we're going to get scenes of him just screaming outside of the house. Sandra! Uh, oh, can we not? Can we not do that? <laughs> Don't do that to us. That'd be pretty funny. But anyone else have any other thoughts about Well, that? I had an interesting yeah. thought about the, the Breaking Bad, you know, sort of analogy. I, I think uh, you're right that they're different, the DEA and the FBI, because in a way, you know, these guys are playing the same game. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, they're two sides of the same coin, you know, the the CIA and the you know I mean the FBI and the Russians you know they're all they're all the same they're all playing the same game whereas you know Hank was always chasing Walt I mean in a, in a way you know where the Russians are chasing the Americans and vice versa at times you know we're, they're trying to get information from him he's trying to get information from the Russians so it's not so one sided it's not as if if it turned out that they were spies I don't think it would ruin him in the same way it ruined. Walt. Which speaks to the dishonesty Hank, in every character you know, yeah. in the show, right? Because yeah. it's every, everybody is lying to each other. Whereas with Breaking Bad, even though you could necessarily maybe sympathize with Walt, it was pretty clear who the good guy and the bad guy yeah. was throughout the show. Exactly. Oh, really? I mean, you didn't think that him killing people and selling tons of meth makes him a little bit of a I villain? Thought, I thought Breaking Bad, just to sideline real quick, I thought Breaking <laughs> Bad was a very interesting show in that it showed a lot of humanity in people and that we are not all good and all bad because Walt was a very shy science teacher who had big ambitions that he gave up to be a family man. But those ambitions never went away. And when given the opportunity to have those ambitions again, and it started off with a very humble thing of, I just want to take care of my family. It showed a darker side. But at no point did I ever think... Even he was killing people because Hank kills people too. People who are in any type of enforcement, law enforcement, kill people. I thought that 
this is a very interesting dynamic because I hate Walt sometimes, but then I think about the man that I saw for a season, and I don't forget that man. So it, it was it was just kind of like how we talked previously on the Americans about how how the Russians view the Americans versus how we view them, and how to other countries we are a terrorist, where we call other people terrorists. There's th- still that humanity there. So, there are two shows that are yeah. very good at playing with moral ambiguity and yeah. where our sympathies lie. That's totally fair. I think I was more referring to the fact that like you said, one country chasing another country, we're all in America right now. It's pretty mm-hmm. easy to sympathize with the American side of that point of view. <laughs> Whereas the... Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say... Personally, personally, I can speak for myself. Whereas in Breaking Bad, and we should probably get back to the Americans <laughs> rather than doing a pot on, on Breaking Bad, uh, one character was a meth dealer that murdered people, and the other one worked for the law. So that's all. Right. Which is a little bit... Uh, they're both in America. One happens to just be breaking the law and killing people and selling drugs, and the other's trying to stop him from doing that. That's all. Not to say that there's... I'm on one side or the other, like, one was all good or all bad. It's just a little clearer yeah, than Russia versus America. Hmm, okay. I want to say one last quick point about Est, because I'm still very lost about what Est is, so I looked it up on We've Wikipedia. we about it, like, three times. So, uh, the, uh, this is what Est is about. Supposedly, it is meant to transform one's ability to experience living so that the situations one had been trying to change or had been putting up with clear up just in the process of life itself. Yeah. Which cleared up absolutely nothing for me. So, well, <laughs> sounds like a Ponzi scheme. It's, now, this it was big does. in the eighties, though. These seventies, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still relevant because I was talking the, about the self realization center. I mean, they're all. Yeah. I was just in Del Mar this weekend. There's a huge self realization center, and there are thousands of people there in 2015. <laughs> yeah, it's just so silly. It's basically about saying like, if someone is is hurting you, how much power do you have over the situation? So, you have to acknowledge mm-hmm. what you've done wrong and. And not let that person affect you. So it's in front of the crowd, of, in front of a crowd of people, and they'll break you down emotionally. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Who are you that's guys? The part that's weird. Who are you guys more intrigued when when you thought for just a second he says, "Oh, he's here too," and you had the moment, "Oh my God, is Matthew Reese gonna have to go up there and talk?" <laughs> Who were you more intrigued to see talk? I almost I, I wanted to see Philip. Wanted talk. to see Philip talk. I hope they I hope they do it in a future episode. Yeah, they might. Yeah, maybe um, not. I don't know. I might. I want to jump to. Mm-hmm. I'm just dying to talk about it. The the page problem. Yeah, we're going right into that right now. So yeah. we just did final thoughts. But so the page problem, what was everyone's thoughts on that? You're dying to talk about it. Yeah, I just, it. It's becoming my favorite part of the show. Okay. I, I love the way that I love the way that Elizabeth is working the middle, mm-hmm. that she's totally manipulating both sides of the relationship. I feel like she's working her daughter and she's working her husband. I love, like I said, that she is using her ability to emasculate Philip as this tool, you know, who wears the pants in that relationship. Like I just, and I love that she's, Last last week she stripped down and she tried to manipulate him with sex and he ignored it. I like that there's this wall there's this wall going up. Yeah, I mean if she's trying to work her husband, she's not doing it very well because yeah. Philip is seeing straight through it. Yeah. And I also just love that she find it's that it's that that moment that you wait you wait for the door to slam when she just says I'm doing this with or without you, and that to me was the moment of the episode. Where I was like, "This is this is getting good," because mm. you kind of you were ninety percent sure that's what was going on anyway. You yeah. there's a little bit of like she ambiguity. Semi open yeah. about it. It's so. just her saying what had been clearly yeah. happening. Yeah, Even probably since the beginning of the season. Well, she, I think she'd been more kind of this could happen. This is a possibility. This is what they want. And so it was the first time that she actually finally said, okay, yeah, you're right. This is happening. There is no way around it. So All because Philip bought a Yaz record, and she's like, what are you doing? It's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, she's very concerned about materialism, so that's, that's a big thing for her. What were you I, don't think no, I, I mean, I think it's interesting, too, just sort of 
a father and a teenage daughter. Like that's sort of a time in her life where you know a lot of girls get close to their fathers and somehow conflict with their mothers, and they're sort of kind of playing that mm. storyline up right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious that's to see. True. I'm just curious to see when there's going to be a big blow up fight with mommy and daughter. So and I love that. It, that is what I love so much about that storyline is that they're taking pretty normal, in some ways, very normal problems that all parents have with their teenage daughters. And just you know, putting an extra layer of intrigue behind it. What did you guys? Did you guys love the the uh, the religion angle where she, she brings a pastor well, to dinner? <laughs> no, yeah. The biggest thing I noticed with Pastor Tim coming in with his wife was that they would kind of act as Paige's surrogate parents, right? So it was in a sense like they had already accomplished what Elizabeth and Philip had wanted to accomplish. They'd already converted yeah. her. They'd already baptized, like, gotten her to the point where she wanted to be baptized. Yeah, Paige, right. was, the, Paige was the power player in yeah. this episode. She pulled it off this and whole she, ski behind her it parents' It was very back. smooth. Yeah. It was very... She would be a great spy. <laughs> but I think they're a little too late to that party. I think at this point, Philip is right. If, if Elizabeth springs the information that they are Russian spies on Paige at this moment, it is going to blow up in their face. Yeah, She's already... Right kind of converted to a whole nother religion, a whole nother um, acceptance of a different culture, essentially. But I wouldn't assume that that... 15-year-olds get into things that they drop by the time they're 16 all the time. I wouldn't assume that that is her character direction for the rest of her life. historically, in terms of... uh, Because I I come from a Southern Baptist family. I'm not Southern Baptist, but... When you make the decision, like when I made the decision that I no longer wanted to be considered a Christian, mm-hmm. there was nothing anyone could say to move me from that. Because it's a very, like anytime it's a type of political or religious thing, it's a very powerful thing. And once you've made your stance on it, it's really hard to get someone to move out of that for any reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is a phase. It's a very big thing that she's kind of come to accept. You're saying it's just, it's already too late. Paige has found her identity and and there's no going back. I do like what you said about her. It's, it's funny that like that just showed that she would have been a great spy. You know, it's interesting. It's like, Hey, that's, and now they're probably going to be more, uh, you know, in the back of their heads. They're like, Oh, she would have been perfect for this. You know, she's like the best combination of both of us. The most interesting moment to me. uh, So she drops the bomb. I want to get baptized at the dinner table. And the, the pastor and his wife look around, and you can see the look on everyone's faces, and there's this really, this palpable, uncomfortable feeling. And what I noticed about it was it was such an interesting commentary on religion in our country and how, how hot button of a subject it can be and how uncomfortable it can be mm-hmm. to have it in your face when you don't want it in a way that they're not putting two religions against each other. They're putting their allegiance to their country as spies. Yeah, unless you against... consider communism its own sort of religion, which well, it is in a way. Yeah, is, this is true. They are considered, because they, they briefly mentioned it, but Philip and Elizabeth are are atheists. And I've kind of gotten to, into like little tips with some of my friends who are atheists, <laughs> and I said, well, when you have a strong belief against something or for something, that's kind of having your own religion. Yeah. That's, so there I, are no, two com- religions I mean, communism, at the table. Communism yeah. is really, I mean, founded on that. There's a reason that, like, you know, lots well, of well, communist athe- countries are very godless. There's also the argument atheist versus anti-theists. There, there are people who say, well, I'm an atheist. I'm not super in or against. Yeah. You know, there's like that gray area that a lot of yeah, atheists I, sort of live in. I just love it because, like you said, you had a moment. I was raised Jewish, and I, I sort of stopped paying any attention to my religion sometime in my mid-teens. I mm-hmm. just made it clear to my family. You know, I probably raised my kids this way, but for now, this is not something I'm going to I'm going to respect. I don't. This is not what I believe. And I think it's amazing to have that moment. But instead of instead of it just being I do or don't want to be attached to this religion, it's that 
no, she's going to be a Russian spy, and she yeah. can't wash away her sins and be born again as a Christian because she needs to work for our country and <laughs> steal secrets. And that's yeah. an amazing way to, to expose that uh, that issue that comes up so much without being so clear about it. Yeah, and there was an amazing shot towards the very end of that scene where uh, they pan very slowly across the table and then pan like past a pillar and then to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth's completely isolated in the frame, separated from everybody else at the table. Mm. Like, she has just been boxed into a corner. What do you actually? Well, this is going to be a wild prediction. I'll say that for later. So okay. never mind. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it was it was nice. They've kind of always had the the religious aspect of Paige kind of just under the surface. Um, it's it's touched on and it's caused tension in in their relationship, but it was never something that you know that I think Philip and Elizabeth thought they couldn't overcome. And right. so now that she wants to be baptized, it was like the mic yeah. dropped. They're just like, oh God, we can't take her back from that. They've been spending four episodes arguing, what are we going to do about Paige? And now yeah. it's too late. I like that as Paige has gotten older and they've she, they've started to dress her. I mean, she looks older, obviously, but they're starting mm-hmm. to dress her and, and have her wear makeup to look like more of a confident adult. And so then now that she looks that way and she drops this bomb, like you said, she is a bit of a spy. I also like that that uh, the role you're seeing Philip having to play in the situation and he has, since the beginning, sort of played this, where he likes America a little too much, and he doesn't really want to let it go. Mm. Or he doesn't, he doesn't, like, you know, he doesn't want to have to convert her. I like that you're seeing the parallels between him and Beeman, between him and Stan. They're both men that are kind of losing, they're kind of losing what they had. And mm. it's getting to a point now where Stan's probably realizing, oh, I'm not going to get my family back. This is over. And Phil's probably realizing, I'm not going to get this idea that I got to raise my kids with that maybe, just maybe... They won't be spies, mm. and maybe just maybe this we can just wash all this away and live in America just carefree in in the end, which mm. I think was always in the back of his mind. Absolutely, and they're both losing right. it at the same time, and so it's interesting. They're sitting at the S meeting together yeah. next to each other. It was always a gamble, yeah. like somehow we'll just be able to make our kids okay, and it'll be like they never know about our secret yeah, history. Yeah, I think that's Phillips. Like still, he's hanging on to that yeah. hope. I don't think Elizabeth ever no. has that hope, but Philip's just hanging on to it. He can't get rid of that little. It's yeah. like gnawing at him, you know. It's true. He, and he's like Stan. He is like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make this right. Right. It's the male <laughs> attitude, and so and so because of it, he's having a fake affair with an 18 year old. Oh, eighteen? No. Eighteen? She's not eighteen. She's, she's not. Um, we no, decide how old she is. Before we go into that, she's fifteen. Before oh, we go into that, uh, I was going to say. I like that they're they're touching on uh, a lot of anger issues that Philip has. You know, it's kind of always been just like a slow burn for him. I remember the first episode, Elizabeth was so aggressive. She's so, like, just fiery. And um, that's the episode where she's kind of approached by the man who raped her in Russia. Right. And Philip is just kind of seen as, like, such a soft person and such a, you know, I don't know about want to do this I really like America and that moment that you catch when he realizes what this man has done to Elizabeth and he just grabs him and like snaps his neck and lets him fall to the ground there was such a danger there and that danger is just becoming so much stronger in Philip so it's I'm really curious to see how that's going to eventually explode and interestingly his most dangerous moment since then is probably was probably last season when uh well just before he approached Pastor Tim looking very menacing when he like blew up on page like you respect Jesus but not us well yeah like, that and then yeah. that kind of menacing look he gave Martha last this episode, is this, this is the this is the stuff this is the stuff that gets to him. Yeah, he was ready to kill that guy who uh, who 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 whipped her with the with the belt at some point too. Remember that? He, it's a respect. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a respect thing for him. There's a, there's a, there's a there's a clear when he is disrespected enough, he snaps. There's uh, that, and I think there's also just like a building anger in Philip that mm-hmm. will eventually, you know, 
Yeah, the, just the, just this entire life that he's uh, yeah. you know that he's chosen that isn't working out quite the way he wants. But <laughs> on that point, I guess we should get to the Kim catastrophe, as <laughs> it has been labeled, because uh, children should have rhyming. Yeah, uh, what do you labels. think? You, using the teenager he's seducing to score brownie points with his daughter is that a sweet move or is that a creepy move? Wait, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Meaning that uh, picked up some uh, some music tips from Kim and then bought that record for for Paige. Oh, I, you know. <laughs> I, I think that was just him trying to. It was him, kind of pushing or putting himself up against Elizabeth, but it was also him just kind of wanting her to be a teenager, and mm-hmm. and and that's the, the most important thing to him. So having him buy her the Yaz record, um, I mean, at least he was getting some pointers yeah. out of his his regular job. But, but but of course Elizabeth is thinking at the same time you're trying to get a little bit control of Paige well, back from me. She's a little paranoid too. I think with but Elizabeth he's, but he's, with I think that, he's also probably I think she's that. she's mildly valid in that point, but yeah. I also think that sometimes Elizabeth becomes so intense like no, I have to have this moment. You can't take this moment away from me. Um and that sometimes Philip doesn't really mean as much in some of his actions as Elizabeth thinks he does. I think more so in terms of him just spending more time with Paige, he sees it more of as a protective action right. to mm-hmm. kind of protect her from what Elizabeth and what Gabriel and what the KGB are trying to put upon her. Right. So um, the Yaz record, I think it was just more of like a, I know you really like this. <laughs> I'm your dad. I just wanted to give it to you. Yeah. But 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 it, but it is but there. it is a hot tip he got from the 16 year old he's seduced. Yes. So <laughs> I 15. you know we 15, she's sure. 15. Yeah. Ugh. She because so creepy. I believe she said she was 15 in the last episode. They kind of commented on that when they were listening to her talk to right. the other spy. Um, you know, I, I gotta say, I get really uncomfortable when people feel they have to go dip their toes into pedophilia on TV. <laughs> it's always like, do you really need to go there? There's so many places that are just like dirty and naughty that you can go to. Um, and I, I hope that Philip kind of puts his foot down about, you know, what he's gonna do with that, but. I mean, I would hope I that know. too. Same time, we've seen him slaughter innocent people for seasons now. He's this is guy is not a good this guy is a guy who will do a whole well, lot yeah. of really bad things. But he's also uh, a father who has a great love, respect and uh, desire to protect his daughter. Yeah. So I think that that I think I'm saying the, the, he does he doesn't want he doesn't want to be in this yeah. in this situation with the teenager but he'll do that. anything for his mother. I don't know. I think what I'm saying is that that that, that might be the point where he draws the line I think because I think will. that's a very touchy thing for him for, because he is a father who respects and wants to protect yeah. his own daughter. Right. I'm interested to see yeah. if they even make him push that boundary on the show. Yeah. I don't think they will. That's my prediction. It feels like they're kind of teasing. I think they I think the writers are smart enough to know how uncomfortable the pedophilia thing is. I think FX might not want that past the censors. Yeah. Like an actual legitimate like physical relationship between an adult I and I mean, teenager. they have Sons of Anarchy, so who knows what <laughs> FX Sons of Anarchy True. they did That's a good point. everything under the moon. But uh My only question My only question in this is is he gets the phone call at the end of the episode and he says, mm-hmm. uh Kimberly wants to see me alone. And then the next thing we know, he's with her and he's all in full makeup and hair and glasses and the outfit. So at some somewhere he has to put on that costume and make it all make sure the wig looks good and all of it. He probably doesn't do it at home because if his kid sees him leaving the house looking like a crazy. 
Maybe he does it in the car with like a little makeup kit or something like that <laughs> in like the rearview mirror before he maybe. sees her. But if he walks out of the house, maybe Stan sees him. So he can't really do. I was just wondering. Like they always look so their they hair. They used to have makeup. a safe house that they would go to, I believe. Right, they might still have that stuff. But it actually but. started to bother me a bit of this episode too. Thinking, okay, he's hanging out with Stan a bunch, and he's there for his family, and he's got this secret marriage with Martha, and he's somehow pulling off this scheme at the same time. How many? How many hours well, are there in a day? Spies right. are good at their jobs. Yeah, occasionally he's got to show up at the travel yeah. agency just to you know. He's gone for months <laughs> at a time. Right. With when it comes to Martha, like he won't see her for a lot longer because he's. <laughs> Right. You know, doing whatever he's doing for the CIA. But, so that's how they kind of handle that. I think with the whole Kim thing, uh, they do a lot of that stuff late night. If you think about it, they have most of their family handled between the hours of five and eight, five and nine. The kids pick sure, up by sure. ten. Mm-hmm. By ten, they're out doing whatever they need to do. But with Kim as well, I was going to say, um, I guess it's, it's also a little odd to have sometimes, <laughs> The, se- the way they present female sexuality in the show, um, I like the strength that they give Elizabeth. I also sometimes get a little weirded out by how they weaponize female sexuality. Yeah, even in someone so young that a fifteen-year-old would would same time have the though audacity. they weaponize male sexuality. They what everybody's sexuality is a weapon on this show. I don't think they weaponize male sexuality. Nah, it's not the same because they because. Almost in every single instance, every woman on the show, with the exception of Sandra, every woman that's had to do some type of espionage, has weaponized her sexuality to the point that Philip said, "Well, why don't you sleep with um, Gabriel?" The, no, 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 the, the new guy, or yeah, something. the South South African the, new guy. Oh, that's, yeah. that's what like, I meant. Why don't you sleep Gabriel. with him? That's kind of part of the job, isn't it? So it's it, it's one thing to understand it, like in the spy world. It's another thing to have a, a teenage character introduced that's into the seduction of uh, older men. I even wrote down what did I say? She, uh, something crazy, but <laughs> it's just kind of uncomfortable. Like, it is. Can we not make Phil a pedophile and um, did Kim just do the obligatory teen seduction but of, co- but of course, depicting it is not the same as giving it a pass, right? I mean, they're, they're, they, know well, no. it's, they know it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah, the look yeah. on Phil's face at the end of the episode is a pretty clear indicator. I don't, he doesn't want to do it. Just like you said, I mean, there, there are parallels between this and other great shows, Breaking Bad being one of them, and the moral mm-hmm. ambiguity of these characters mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's one of the things we notice. And I, I really don't think, I don't think that he's going to do anything yeah. quest- that questionable, but I think they're trying to make us think he's seriously considering it for his job, and that's mm-hmm. why he has that look on his face at the end. And I think that, in a weird way, the alienation from his wife, the alienation from his daughter, the disappointment in his daughter's decision, there's a, there is an element of him being like some, uh, somebody wanting to be around him, I think, that is part of the way like, I have to go and we're alone. I don't think it's 100% just the job. I think yeah. he wanted to get out of the house to go be around someone else. I'm not saying uh, that it's that yeah. the, 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 pedophilia side is is something that Philip wants or that he's inclined to. Obviously, he doesn't want to do this. And what I'm saying is, is that I think overall something the show does that I, I'm not always 100% on board with is this whole idea that um, um, women weaponize their sexuality. And so whether or not people actually believe that to be true or not, I'm yeah, not saying that. In the spy that, world, don't women weaponize their sexuality? Do we weaponize in, our sexuality in the, in the spy world? In the spy which world, which is the world we're in. Uh, I'm, 
I'm saying the point is, is with Kim is that she is not a spy. She's a 15 year old girl. She could also just and be into older men. She could be that she girl. Could be into older you know, men. There's always that one girl in high school who's randomly got like some 30 year old guy coming around. Maybe she's that girl. I mean, no. Yeah. That's every not high school always has that girl. One. But that's there's always one. I'm not saying there's always that. that girl, but we do know she's <laughs> in, but we do know she's such an older man from her previous appearance. Yeah, that's, yeah. and I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that I find it interesting that they've chosen to make that her yeah. storyline. No, not just choosing. They're they're highlighting that that yeah. uncom- that uncomfortable tension throughout this episode. Think about that commercial they showed that uh, that what for the body lotion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole yeah. the whole innocence is sexy thing that they got yeah. going on, which is clearly supposed to kind of apply to Paige a little bit as well as Kim. Mm-hmm. Just that, like, okay, yeah, you've got these young girls growing up, and suddenly they're in a position where they're kid, they're still kids, but they're going to start getting you know preyed on by adults, and that's what's that is what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the next episode, if, in terms of how they play upon that relationship and how it affects um, Paige at home and Elizabeth, and, sure. and, and how and, Elizabeth really feels and, about and it. And looping back around, yeah, Nina, Nina once again being turned into a tool and using well. Po- I, not necessarily sexuality yeah, in this case. Alluding to it, possibly, yeah. Alluding, alluding to it, possibly, at least. Well, Weaponizing I mean, female Do you guys want to talk about what we do think is going to happen? Should we? Yeah, but you go ahead and wrap into predictions. That's just what I was about to say. So let's, so, do you want to start off that? Um, now, you're at yeah. the TV. <laughs> 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 uh, I think uh, Nina's going to do her job and uh, get the information needed out of uh, this Belgian woman. And uh, she will die on, in, a, in some gruesome way. Nina? No. Oh, the other girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. excellent. Okay, yeah. it's gruesome. Some sort of next step. <laughs> um, well, this week I think Micah realized that his dad doesn't really know the, all the state capitals all that well, and which is especially weird considering he's a travel agent. <laughs> so now I'm thinking maybe Micah's going to find out the truth before Paige Oh, that's clever. <laughs> uh, I'm going to th- throw another bold one. That, uh, this is I'm going to give myself only like a 51% on this. Uh, I think that Pastor uh, the Tim or Pastor Tim and his wife, mm-hmm. uh, one or both of them will be murdered by the end of this season. That is that is like <laughs> possibly at Philip's end. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I was kind of imagining like a horrible situation where they tell they tell Paige, Paige freaks out, and she goes over there and she tells, uh-huh. and then they just and just she leaves and they kill them both, mm. and then they're like, that's what we're gonna do to everyone you tell, uh-huh. and you're yeah, it's bloods on your hands or something. I don't know. That's kind that's of <laughs> extreme. I like it. I think. Uh, just like how I kind of predicted previously that Elizabeth would have a breaking point. It seems like they're kind of setting up. <laughs> Everyone's just going to have their breaking point. So <laughs> with with the whole Kim issue, I think Philip's going to have this moment where he might just get overwhelmed and that it just becomes a bit too much um, that they're asking of him. So that's kind of what I see happening with him. Maybe, maybe that causes him to, to go off the rails and maybe... <laughs> I'm a double agent. Maybe yeah, and maybe that, that anger suddenly bubbles to the yeah. surface some explosive way. I can see Yeah, it. but I think that about wraps us up for this night for the Americans After Show. Cool. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Matt Ritter one on Twitter or MattRitterComedy.com. Awesome. I'm at Radio TFB on Twitter and go to JoshRichmond.net for assorted other bobbles and doodads and oddities. I'm Ben Bateman Media on any social media that you want to find me. <laughs> and I am at Miss Adrian Snow on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you all next week. See you guys soon. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz. Buzz. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.